Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. The Prolific Writer Podcast, episode number 100. Ella Barnard stops by the show and gives us a coaching lesson and what holds us back from writing that book. You are going to love this episode, and it's episode number 100. Let's go. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well, so you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast. This is your host, Ryan J. Pelton. So glad that you're here. The podcast dedicated to helping you write fast, often, and well. And I am so pumped today because today is episode number 100. And that doesn't even count our Motivation Monday episodes as well. Uh, but it's been 100 episodes, people. And it's been over two years since we launched the podcast. We launched it end of 2016. And we are still going. We are still here. We are still doing the deal, helping writers, interviewing the authors, doing all kinds of good stuff. And today will not disappoint episode number 100. Ella Barnard is here and she is from Author Like a Boss. And she has a podcast and an academy and she helps writers get unstuck. Uh, she helps them finish those books, market those books and has had some great success. And so I'm so excited to have Ella on the show because it's going to be kind of like a mini coaching session. So wherever you are in your writing journey, uh, whether you have a book out or you're thinking about writing or just like to learn about authors, wherever you are. She is going to give us some great insights into what 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 kind of holds us back, what what keeps us stuck, what, what are the things that, um, where does resistance come in, and then also just taking some of the fear out of marketing. And you know, once you've written your book, it's like, how do we share this thing? How do we talk about it and not sound sleazy? And she gives some really cool insights, uh, some really unique things. So uh, you're going to really love this episode. And I, I just. I, I just can't believe it's been a hundred episodes, people. Uh, it, it's been such a blast uh, doing this and uh, all the kind comments, all the emails, all the people I've been able to meet, all the authors, writers, and uh, hopefully it's served you well this last couple years. And, uh, and I feel like we're just getting started. So uh, a lot of good stuff coming down the pipe, a lot of great uh, interviews, uh, some more resources. I know I mentioned I'm still working on the uh, course and that will be coming out uh, eventually helping you get that that book finished, get that novel written. And, uh, and also what I'm excited about is we're going to be getting some more nonfiction writers. I know we have a lot of fiction writers, uh, but want to get some more nonfiction on here and, uh, and kind of balance it out. Cause I know our, our listenership and followers are all, all over the place as far as fiction, nonfiction, and, uh, and get some other folks on here just doing different creative things. So excited to, to share, uh, future episodes. And so, uh, without, Further ado, here is my conversation with Ella Barnard.
welcome everyone to the Prolific Writer Podcast. This is your host, Ryan J. Pelton. So glad that you're here. And I'm so privileged and honored today to have Ella Barnard here today, author like a boss. I love that. Um, she's a fellow podcaster, writer, creator, and helps authors. And I'm so excited to have her on. We're, we're going to kind of do kind of a kind of a meta episode because, you know, this podcast is to help writers and your podcast is to help writers. And, and so I'd love to just kind of get into your, your brain a little bit of things you're seeing and the people you're helping and, and what you're learning along the way. So, so Ella, why don't you say uh, hello and uh, tell us a little bit kind of what's the, the essence of what you do? What's the heartbeat? What's the, the mission that you're on uh, with your podcast and your website and, and all the stuff you're doing? Oh, that's a good question. Hello, everybody. <laughs> What's my mission? <laughs> my ultimate mission is for creative people to make enough money to be in charge of the world. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a big mission. Uh, but my, that's my, I go a big, big mission and then I go down. And yeah, because I think if creative people had more power that the world would be a much lovelier place. And I like to come at it from writers and readers because, well, I'm a reader and other people are writers. And uh, so... Now I get to help people who have always wanted to write a book and have dreamed about it for a long time and want to make that something that's real. I help them make that happen because the, as you know, the, the industry is open to that more than it has ever been. And sometimes when I go to old, like if my sister lives in Portland and Powell's bookstore is over there. Whenever I go there, <laughs> I, I look at all the, the books and then I think about all the books that were published that I didn't buy that one time when I went to the bookstore. And then I think about all the books that were never published because somebody said they shouldn't be published. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, how much awesomeness is probably out there and needs somebody, if anybody needs a cheerleader, like, or they need, and they need the practical steps. That's kind of what I do. I marry the, the encouraging motivation and the practical steps, and I help people who always wanted to be a writer, do it. Mm -hmm. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I, I think there's, you know, it's, it, the indie world has kind of opened up, you know, obviously uh, some great opportunities for people. But, but I think that, you know, that, that it's interesting you're saying this because I think there has been kind of a stigma of, you know, people that have just said, you know, you, you can't write, you're not good enough, you're, you know, whether you go traditional or self-published, because actually self-publishing has been around a lot longer than people realize. And, and, you know, for whatever reason, if it's your own voices in your head, or, you know, just doubt, you know, where they say 81% of people want to write a novel before they die, and mm -hmm. most won't. Um, but, you know, what is it? What, what holds us, holds us back? Why, why do we, you know, not do the work? Why do we not think we don't? you know, have the, the talent or the ability or the time or the money or whatever it is, whatever excuses we make. Um, I just, uh, I don't know if you caught that there was on Amazon, there was a, um, a little video that was going around through KDP talking about just this woman who, who, uh, you know, had this novel in her head for 30 years. And as she was dying of cancer, she finally wrote this book and self published it. And it's become this like bestseller. And, and, you know, I was just watching that story thinking, you know, even about this interview, this was a couple of days ago and thinking, you know, that's, that's the dream, right? It's everyone has different reasons for writing and what, why they want to, you know, share that novel. Maybe it's just for their grandkids or maybe it's for, you know, they want to hit a bestseller list, whatever it is. But, um, but yeah, she, she just, that was her thing. And she's like, her dying wish was, I want to write this book. And, and now it's touched her husband and her kids and, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that have read it. So, uh, so yeah, so let's, let's back up the, the truck a little bit. And let's talk a little bit about kind of the deeper dive into how did you get into this? How did you want to, you know, really help authors and people get their work out in the world? I mean, what, what kind of drove you to this? How did you end up here? Well, my story is, my story is that uh, like many other people, when I was younger, I had, I would say, a troubled childhood. My parents divorced, which a lot of people have, but then they moved around, each of them a lot, and I went. So I went to like eight different schools growing up. And um, and so all of that is to say, not to like get get pity or anything, but to say that I ended up, in order to have some kind of stability in my mind and mentally, I was like, okay, I need to do what's expected of me. I need to try and be responsible. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And, and I really limited myself on what kind of possibilities were available for me in my future because I needed stability. And I did that by 
saying, okay, you know, I'm going to see what these people are telling me. This is what I should do. That's probably what I should do. I'm going to do that. And that wasn't until I got older that I was like, I don't really want to be an administrative assistant. <laughs> and the reason I share this is because a lot of creative people have the same kind of thing where they're like, this isn't actually what I wanted to do. But, but everybody told me creative pursuit wasn't a viable career. And now as I got older and as I was spending 40 hours a week doing things that I didn't enjoy doing, um, I started reading entrepreneurial books, read Tim Ferriss. I, you know, I was like, hmm, I'm just going to be curious. And about that time, I had moved to the Silicon Valley, which I have moved around a lot. And it's really interesting how different places that you live have different energies. And the Silicon Valley has an energy of technology and innovation. So I'm like, oh, and I didn't know how to make websites. So I taught myself how to make websites because I was like, everybody here is smarter than me. <laughs> I started watching Star Trek because I wanted to get all the jokes. <laughs> so, anyways, so then I, so um, what most entrepreneurial books say when you want to start your own business, because I was like, well, I don't want other people telling me what to do. I want to do something that feels like it comes from my heart and that I'm naturally good at, built on my strengths. And, uh, and they say, you know, what is it that people come to you for? You know, what do people ask you the most? And so uh, I couldn't think, I was like, nobody comes to ask me for stuff because they don't. And finally, I figured out that people come to ask me, people come to me when they're not feeling good about something and they want to feel better. Like they have something that they want to create in their lives and they're not feeling good about it and they need to get over whatever mental block they have to do so. So then I was like, well, how do I do that? How do I, how do I make a career out of that? And turns out, like, I really love reading. Like, during that troubled childhood when I needed a lot of things to have stability, books are probably the main reason that I'm sane. <laughs> You know, how many people have used books as an escape? Um, last year, according to my Kindle Insights, I read 363 books. Wow. Like, I love reading. I love authors. And so when it came time to help people, all of those things, when I wanted to start something, all those things came together where I wanted to help other people who had been like me, who didn't know that there was possibilities, and now they exist, I married, I put together with the technology that I started teaching myself in the Silicon Valley where I'm like, oh, the entrepreneurial spirit, which I now have and I get to help other people also have because if you're going to be a writer, you got to have that because the writing isn't just, just writing <laughs> anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, and then um, books, which I love. <laughs> so all that came together into this and now I love what I'm doing so much. And I get like that, that video you were talking about earlier, some of the writers that I've worked with, like that story of, of getting cancer and then writing, it's not an uncommon, the uncommon part of it is that it became a huge bestseller. But I have a lady who she literally had a death experience and came back to life and was like, I need to write a book. <laughs> I have a lady who she doesn't, she doesn't have any family. Like she doesn't have any kids and she does, has like all of her relatives have passed away and she was the only child and she doesn't want to disappear from this, from this planet without having her name, having had an impact somewhere. Like it's very, very common to say, I had this thing, crazy thing happen and now I want to write a book because I don't want to die without it having happened. Yeah. And I think that's the, the intrinsic reward. It's, you know, I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. It's like most, most authors I talk to and, and, you know, even myself, like I'm not, it's like, they're not motivated by money. I mean, almost, I mean, unless they're just totally honest, like, Oh yeah, I just write. Cause you know, I make money. It's, it's a terrible way to make money. Um, <laughs> but it's the, it's the intrinsic value of creation of even for your own healing, your own soul. It's, it's, it's helping other people. I mean, I still, I've shared the story on the show, but you know, I had, I had a woman, I wrote a novel and she just said, you know, thank you for helping me get through, you know, a five day stay in the hospital, you know, with a sick illness, you know, just to, to kind of keep my mind off something else and a, and a great story to read. So like, those are things, you know, that's not in your head when you're writing a, a crime novel. You know? so I'm like, I hope that woman in the hospital, you know, can get through her cancer, you know, whatever it is. 
Um, but those are the things, right, that, that drive people. And I imagine um, you could probably tell a million stories of people that come to you with all kinds of different reasons of why, you know, like this woman legacy or you know, mm-hmm. wanting her voice to kind of kind of stick around. And I think, you know, that's an interesting conversation about, you know, even digital media versus print media is, you know, the print, you know, having a book in hand is actually, you know, I, I always wonder that, like, are we, you know, we have all these media on our hard drives and Kindles and things like that, but but we don't tend to go back to those things very often. Um, at least I don't. I mean, we say we will. Oh, I got pictures and I'll go look at them. We never do. But when they're in hand, you know, even books, like I'm kind of going, I feel like I'm finding myself going back to print more often is having that thing in hand. You know, I had a um, a great uncle who was a poet and the only book he ever wrote was a bunch of poems. And I have it, you know, in, in, in my house and I can go back to it and it's a little, you know, a little picture of uncle Don. And, um, and I love that. Um, so let, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about, um, the, the different kind of people that are coming to you. Mm-hmm. you know, wh- how do they find you? Why do they come to you? You know, what, what do you, what do you actually help them with when they, you know, is it completing the novel? Is it getting started? Is it all the above? Talk us through mm-hmm. kind of your, your process. If somebody comes to you. I primarily work with new people, like new to the industry, new to, um, they're like, I've wanted to write a book. And I think, and they're, I'm a very safe, safe space, (laughs) mostly women, because there's a lot of dudes and I don't have any problem with dudes, but sometimes women are a little bit more timid um, and insecure and and they don't have the confidence that what they have to say is worthy of being published and worthy of being received. Um, And it absolutely is, but they have more resistance around that. And so I help people who have an idea or they've been working on a book for a little while and, or maybe they've been working on a book for years, or maybe they had the idea for years and, um, and they want to finish it. They're like, you know what? They see enough of the industry. They see self-publishing. They see that it's doable. Maybe they have a friend of a friend who did something. And they're like, now it's my time. But there's a lot of barriers because you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you're like, I know it's possible. Um, but how? And so I help a lot of people with getting past those barriers of like, how do I finish my book? Where do I find time to write? What happens if I get lost in the middle of the story or they keep editing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, so we help them finish it as the first step. And I have a couple other people that I work with. And then we help them um, with the technical part because that's a big resistance for a lot of writers because they're creatives. They never, nobody grew up, no writer grew up saying, I want to write a book and then I want to format it and put it <laughs> and start marketing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we help them with that and then we help them um, market it and find their audience so that they get the full experience, which is writing the book, having it in your hand and then having other people read it and like it. <laughs> Cause that's, the whole experience and a lot of people get the first two bits and then they miss the last bit which is a shame because people have good stories and they deserve to be read sure sure you know i think there's a a misnomer uh, because of digital technology you know with youtube and websites and you know all this information right information glut on Mm. on the Mm -hmm. internet and yet what i found too is people that come to me it's like they're just overwhelmed and they're like you know i get contradicting messages you know it looks like it's easy but it's not and where do i go and i imagine you're probably serving a a definite you know demographic that says like can you just help me can you hold my hand can you because it's just so overwhelming because it's hard enough to write the book like you said let alone formatting like how do i get it on amazon is that some kind Mm -hmm. of weird unicorn magic potion what like, like how does it get on there i mean i've had i mean smart young i mean guys way younger than me way more into in technology go like how, like, how does it get on there? You know, on Amazon, yeah. you know, going, yeah. I can't figure it out. <laughs> you know, how, <laughs> how, do you, how do you do an ebook file? Like, what is that? Is that, yeah. you know, word? And then you just export, like, what does that do? Right. I mean, there, and those are, you know, things we had to learn too. And um, so I think it's great. I mean, what you're doing um, and, and how there are so many people that that's the thing that's keeping them from actually starting, finishing, you know, marketing, editing, because it's just, 
it's like the end is just feels like that's a million miles away and there's no way I can do that. Um, and so, uh, so one question I was, I was thinking about, uh, knowing a little bit about your work is tell us a, a little, I mean, you mentioned a woman, um, you know, legacy, but, but give us kind of a success story. Give us someone, you know, uh, that you go, you know, this is why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a lady that I work with and, um, when she first started, when she first came to, came to me, she, she had, had, she'd been writing and she'd been actually accepted by a small publisher to publish. And then, you know, a few weeks into it, I don't know, sometime in between being accepted and actually publishing, they went out of business. <laughs> and she was like, is this the end? Like, I've been trying at this for a long time. You know, this is her first book that was going to be, you know, it was the first book was accepted. She's like, is this, is this just it? And, um, and then she ran across, ran across me and, um, and she's like, well, you know, if I have some accountability, cause that's the other thing, <laughs> all the, all the resistance is mental. Like it's mostly mental like 99% mental. Um, But so she, then she kind of knew that. So she's like, I need this accountability plus the kind of cheerleading, like the coaching, the handholding, because that's part of the fun. And uh, now she, hold on. (laughs) Can you hear my husband? No. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay um so it, now it's more real anyways i like I yeah like, yeah kids, it's fine kids are in the other room they're probably screaming but um, i do that all the time yeah. i had one anyways yes so so now so this is just a two years later she you know we walked her through she got her first book published putting the book putting the the thing up for pre-order is the hardest thing because it's the first time if you're going to do pre-order, if not pre-order, then pushing the button. When I did it, I was like, I'm having a panic. I think I'm having my first panic attack. (laughs) The only thing that helped was tequila. (laughs) So, so we walked her through that and then, um, then she published her first book. She's built a newsletter list. So she has, she started with like 40 people on her newsletter list, you know, newsletter subscribers, um, which is like friends and families and a few coworkers. And now she has, um, I think like over 10,000 people mm. on her newsletter subscribers. And um, she has a couple of books out. And this year she has planned to release some as co-writing, but 12 books. And this was two years ago. And now now she's like, this is the career I'm going to make. I'm going to make this happen. She's not doing it full time. She still has a full time job. Mm-hmm. She has kids and you no, know, she has a life, but she's, she's like, I am committed to this. Whereas two years ago she was, I don't know if I'm going to keep doing this. And that like, I cry all the time when I <laughs> happy cries. Cause I'm like, you guys are so amazing. <laughs> I have no excuses for anything. <laughs> No, that, and that's, and that's, you know, this, the story of kind of the early, you know, some call it the, the Kindle gold rush, you know, kind of 2010 to 2014, mm-hmm. where a lot of people had a lot of success. And, and I've seen a lot of authors that really didn't hang in there either that, that maybe had some big time success at first. And then it's like, forget this, I'm, you know, what's the point? And just kind of, you know, left and, you know, went their own way for a variety of reasons. Um, but, but, you know, I think that there is that, that stick to itness and thinking long-term and, and saying, Hey, okay, the small publisher, you know, fell apart. And that, that's actually a, a sad tale, a common tale mm-hmm. or they get ripped off or, you know, we're hearing those stories more and more. Um, but yeah, to hang in there and to have someone to kind of coach them along is, is such a blessing. So, um, you know, so I wanted to couch this question in not just a failure story, um, but but maybe just w- w- when you work with clients and you, you kind of observe the the writing, you know, landscape, indie landscape is, you know, what does cause people to not, you know, get to that next level? What is it? Is it, you know, you mentioned mindset, like talk, talk us through that. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the things that kind of hold people back? I mean, different, I mean, you've seen it up close and personal, mm-hmm. um, but you know, w- what is it that really keeps them from kind of taking that next step, whatever that, that step is? Um. Well, it's, it's mindset, right? But it shows up in different ways for different people. Um, usually it's, and I'm very woo woo. 
And so but usually it's fear-based, you know, it's, it's a way to procrastinate. Oh, there's a lot of perfectionist. There's a lot of perfectionist writers, mm-hmm. understandably. And knowing that your first book is never going to be your 20th book, it's always going to, you know, like there's a lot of perfectionist. And so it shows up as um, constantly rewriting. Like there's a lot of resistance around finishing the book. And that's a lot of procrastinators. Um, some of the problems are, um, commitment like actually committing a hundred percent and i i don't know where i heard this but i'm somebody somebody else came up with this but it's like the difference between a hundred percent and 99 percent is huge because a hundred percent you make the decision once and you don't have to do it ever again because you just keep on making the same decision whereas 99 percent you if you don't do it one time then the next time you're like well i didn't do it that one time so now i don't have <laughs> You know, so that commitment level and, um, and then another problem that, that people have is, gosh, I made a notes and then I only fixed, I only wrote down the one thing. <laughs> Can you what? repeat? What? Yeah, let's, um, I wanted to touch on the perfection one. Uh, yeah. Because you, you talked about that being a big resistance one. And that's probably people I talk to and email me and, you know, friends, family, whoever, all, all the above. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny. It's a weird thing about perfection because we all know like in our honest moments, like it's not a thing. Like there's nothing perfect ever, like in, in life, in relationships. And, and yet somehow in writing, we, that's the thing that at least I've seen and in my own self too, what's held me back for years before I wrote my first novel was it's not perfect. And it's like, you know, and then I've had people come along, even long-term professionals and say, there's no such thing as a perfect book. I mean, even think about the the things you read, you go, yeah, I really like this book, most of it, but then there's parts you're like, eh, yeah, whatever. It's just not a thing. But so any, um, you know, even if you want to do woo-woo insights into yeah. Perfection, yeah. perfectionism, like what, what drives that? I mean, is that personality? Is that uh, past failure? Is it, um, because it really is a big problem. I mean, I would- It's a huge problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, drives perfectionism. I can, is the not wanting to fail <laughs> at something. Mm-hmm. That's a big one because if you are never, if you never actually complete the thing, so mentally you can say, well, I never completed it. And so because I never gave a hundred percent of this project, I never failed at it because if I had given a hundred percent to it and then it wasn't perfect, then I would have failed at it. And so there's a there's a lot of things around a growth mentality, revert, growth mindset versus fixed mindset in certain spheres, mm-hmm. where the growth mindset is you're constant, you know that you're not perfect, but you're constantly able to keep growing, you know, getting better, and growing. Fixed mindset is where mentally you're you have decided you have an identity as something like I am perfect or I am a writer, and then you measure everything in your reality against that fixed mindset that's part of your identity. And it becomes really hard to do things because you're like, well, I've defined writer as this and I am not that. So therefore I am not writer. <laughs> you know? And so um, being able to, and a lot of our generation, a lot of, a lot of people grew up being trained to have a fixed mindset instead of a growth mindset, because that's the way we speak to people. We say, oh, you are so smart and are smart our smart is like a a fixed identity that you're giving that kid at that time. But then when they don't do something that's, that's considered smart, then they aren't being themselves. They're failing being who their identity is. And it keeps people from um, trying to do stuff. And so they're actually in education, which is another passion of mine (laughs) in education. They're actually trying to help kids have a growth mindset where you identify as someone who's constantly learning instead of identifying as someone who is intelligent or is good at writing or not good at writing something that's black or white versus this kind of gray, which we all actually are, which is improving constantly as we grow and adults can try and, and I am one of them. We can, we can try to shift ourselves from fixed mindset to growth mindset. I'm going off. I like this is, we are talking no, about all great. these topics that I love. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> so, why you're here. So, so I hope I'm not like too uh, far out. On no, this. I, I asked the question. So, that, okay, yeah. okay. So that's, I think a lot of people 
that's like one thing, the fear of failure. There's, there's a lot of reasons to be the fear that whatever you're going to put out is not good enough. So you say, you know, so you become a perfectionist because you don't want to have to take that chance. Mm -hmm. And because when writing is the thing that your heart really wants to do, it's the thing that's scariest to put out there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, like if you use like your fear as a compass for your life, (laughs) the thing that you are most scared of doing in terms of like life projects is probably the one you're most supposed to do because it's the thing that, that will make you the most vulnerable, but it's where your heart is. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I hear, I hear a little bit of the, you know, Carol, Carol Dweck, um, you know, the mindset book. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you haven't read that, uh, yes, that's what it's coming from. Yeah. please. That's that. (laughs) Fixing growth mindset. It's a book called mindset. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's funny you're bringing this up because I just, someone recommended it to me. I'd never heard of it a few months ago and I read it and just, it's amazing how applicable it is to parenting to art, to work, to, I mean, it's amazing. And, and it's not, and it's funny because in that book, like what she talks about is um, it's not that people, it's like you take two people, you put them in the same situation. Why do some uh, learn from that, you know, failure? And why do some kind of end up in the fetal position? Right. So it's mm-hmm. not, it's not about perfectionism or just positive thinking. It's actually, mm-hmm what can I learn from this? What can I learn from failure and having a different mindset when it comes to, Oh, that didn't go that well. Or maybe my book didn't sell, or maybe, you know, this genre is not right for me. And then instead of going, well, I guess I'm done being a writer. It's like, okay, I learned from that. Now let's move on. Um, it's like the kid who gets a bad you know, grade in school. And instead mm-hmm. of going like, Oh, I guess I'm just a dummy. They actually say, well, maybe I could have studied a little longer or I could get more help or right. It's just a total, it's yes. just sometimes just a small tweak in our mindset. Um, but I, I like what you were saying about imperf- when we think about perfectionism is sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a barrier or it's a safe way for us to not do the work and to not put ourselves out there. Cause, it, yes. cause you know, we just, we, we, I talk to people all the time. Oh, I, I have this novel I'm working on. Well, how long have you working on it? Well, eight years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what, what is taking you so long? I mean, what, what is, you know, and it really is fear. It's perfectionism. It's, I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want this thing, you know, someone to find me out that I'm the worst writer ever. And, you know, rather than put it out, they just sit on it for another 20 years. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's such a, it's a complex thing, but, but I think there is something, you know, things like national novel writing month that have helped a lot of writers kind of like, at least learn how to start and finish things. Mm-hmm. Something kind of opens up when you're able to kind of get it out there finally and go like, okay, it, no one died. And you know, maybe only a few people read it, but you know, there isn't a police that's going to show up to your house, the literary police and, you know, handcuff. Yes. You. I mean, we always think the worst, like what, what's the worst that could happen? Like, well, people don't read it. Okay. <laughs> I was just talking to somebody yesterday who they're like, what I do is I go through the worst case scenario and I follow the rabbit down that yep. path. I'm like, what is actually not just like, oh, the worst thing that could happen, but actually define and be like, well, what is the worst that could happen? Mm-hmm. Like I published my book, my mom and dad read it. <laughs> You know, and then I start my next book. Right. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. it ends up being you're like, can I live through that? And the older we get, the easier it is to live through that because yep. <laughs> yep. we don't. We're like, yeah, I've lived through a lot of things. Yep. The other thing about perfection. Are you okay if I? The other yeah, thing no, that no. I realized a couple years ago about perfection, because we all say, well, nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. Everybody says that, and if you're able to make, and I didn't. It took me a few years to realize. Like if you could make a blank statement like that, and we all agree, nobody's perfect. <laughs> you can make the same blanket statement in the other way, which is everybody's perfect. Because it's such a, it's 100% true, nobody's perfect. Or the very other side of that coin <laughs> is that we're all perfect just the way we are. <laughs> And I think about that sometimes and and having that realization, which I'm saying it and I probably would never have gotten it. You have to, I think I had to be in the right mind space to actually get that, but it's made it so much easier for me to complete things and put them out because I'm like, it's either exactly wrong or it's exactly right, (laughs) regardless of how I put it out there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, I just, I just was listening to someone, I forget the the author's name, but he was just talking about how he, he came to realize that you know, there, there's just certain things he's not that good at. 
but in his writing, like he was writing novels and nonfiction and short stories and all kinds of different things. And is he kind of realized he took all of those kind of average things and then found his own kind of style, kind of found his own kind of niche. So he writes nonfiction, but he, you know, a lot of storytelling and, you know, very creative, you know, nice prose, those kinds of things. But, but he realized like, I'm not any one of those things. Like I'm not a great novelist. I'm not a great short story. I'm not a great nonfiction. I'm kind of just, you know, I, I'm good at a few things. And it was kind of funny when he was talking about, it, cause I go, that's actually a great way to look at, you know, you're right. And just embracing like, yeah, we're not perfect, but there, there are things that we are, we're, we're pretty good at. And, and, and every book, it, and it's funny cause it's writing so subjective and, and reading so subjective. So, you know? so I mean, subjective. <laughs> why does my wife love one book? And she's like, you gotta read this. And I read, I'm just like, eh, you know, it's fine. Um, but, but again, other people loved it. So what does that mean? It, it's it just wasn't your thing. It's fine. Like it's yeah. just, maybe they don't like your voice or they don't like the story or they don't like a character or they don't like, you know, whatever. Or they don't like that trope. Right. And, <laughs> and, and then we always internalize that and go like, well, I'm just the worst writer ever. This should have been, you know, this or that. Um, I mean, there's a reason why not every book's a bestseller and not every book, you know, makes it out into the, you know, larger ether. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you, you know, I think, um, I, the work you're doing is so interesting because you, you started the show just saying, you know, really writing is about mindset. I mean, more than anything. Yes. Because I imagine most people that come to you, it's like, it's not a, it's not skill set. It's not ability. It's not know-how. It's really just the mind kind of gets in the way of, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's perfectionism or fear or, you know, or I can't do the techno- technology stuff or whatever. Um, but, but writers need to know that because the next book you write, you're still going to have the same demons. Like that's the thing is that you're going to just have to learn how to dance with those things a little bit better each time. So, um, so when I think about what you're doing, um, if you could, is there a way you could kind of, when people come to you and we've hit a few of these, but could you categorize kind of, you know, it doesn't have to be top five or Mm -hmm. whatever, but when people come to you, what are the kind of the major challenges um, when it comes to, I mean, you could even break it down like craft marketing, publishing mm-hmm. kind of what are the major ones in each of those kind of buckets because i know they're different they're different hats i mean you have your writer hat your creator hat your artist hat okay you have like the business side and you have the marketing side mm-hmm. but what specifically in each of those categories are kind of the, the main hang-ups or the things that that people come to you and they're just like this is i just don't get this or this is hard or this is okay. keep keeping me from you know because i think it'd be really insightful for those listening because they could probably relate i imagine Yes. So some of the biggest challenges around writing and craft are making time to write <laughs> and finishing the book. Those are the biggest challenges and um, for, new, for new authors. I'm not talking about people who've been doing it a while. Um, around Also, there's some challenges around um, making sure it's following a st- structure, like the story structure. Um, so, cause I, and I have, and lots of people have this, when I was just writing my first non, you know, my first fiction story, I was like, my biggest question was, is this a story or just a series of events in a certain order? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, cause there's yeah. those things that you have to have. So that's a big challenge. Um, so that's the craft challenge. I would say under technology, um, the challenge is, uh, most of the people that I work with, haven't spent a lot of time with the slightly more advanced technology. It's not, it's like more than word and it's more than email and it's more than social media. It's a little bit more and that little bit more. And this is again, where mindset comes in is because it's technology and I'm saying quotes, you know, like because it's technology with a capital T, um, the, I see very, very bright people like they're, they get dumber. (laughs) Mm-hmm. around this one thing because it's technology and they they they're like I don't know if I can do this mm-hmm. and the fear gets in the way of their competency um but that the nice thing about that is once you do it one time then it's not in the way anymore <laughs> so <laughs> you figure it out the one time you get your hand held through it and then you're like oh I do know how to do this not so bad mm-hmm. um and, and around marketing the biggest challenge that people have is uh, especially for writers, they're uh, either introverts or um, they don't want to be salesy. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of resistance around being an introvert or being salesy. Um, I, I always find it funny, though, because the people who are telling me that they're introverts 
her telling me a stranger on social media <laughs> why, why they can't do their marketing. Because in actuality, um, I mean, I'm not talking about Facebook ads or something, but in actuality, the difficulty or like marketing on social media, the, the things that you need to do are things that people do every day, which is post things. <laughs> which everybody knows how to post something on social media. It's actually like if you're on social media chatting to me, you know how to post and use social media. And so it's not like it's a technical challenge to use social media to market, even though a lot of people will say, how do I do that? It's the mindset behind it and, and the misunderstanding around what marketing actually is because we've all been on the wrong side of bad marketing. <laughs> so we're like, I don't want to be that salesy person who's trying to convince something to, someone to buy something that they don't actually want, right. which is different than what it, what it is for authors because if you're doing it right, and there's different ways of doing it, but if you're doing it right, you're offering something to somebody who actually does want to buy it. And they can't buy it if they don't know about it. Mm -hmm. no. <laughs> so those are the challenges, I would say. Those are the biggest challenges on each of those kind of buckets. That's really great because I, I did this uh, uh, survey through our um, mm -hmm. podcast and, and I asked a lot of these similar questions and it was interesting. Everything you just said were the top, you know, finding time to write um, story, you know, is the story any good? Is it? you know, mm -hmm. structure and then the marketing thing. I mean, ever hands down. And that's, that's like seasoned authors too. Like that's not just, yes. you know, that's people with yep. one book out there. And um, so one of the questions I always ask is, is kind of an advice question or, or tips or just things you've kind of learned along the way. Mm -hmm. Could we, could we break down a couple of those just because I think those are really big ones, especially for a lot of our community. Uh, yes. Is, so when you're, when you're thinking about finding time to write, um, you know, getting the, getting the actual words on the page, you know, what are some things that you're kind of encouraging, coaching, helping writers? Like where, where do you begin? What are some things that are, that would just be helpful for people that are like, mm -hmm. I, I, I got a book in me or I'm working on it. I just, I don't have time or I can't find mm -hmm. time. Or, where should they start? A couple of things. Um, accountability, which can be in a number of different ways. Uh, just like, just like going to the gym. <laughs> You know, if you're meeting somebody there, it's harder not to go <laughs> because they're expecting you. <laughs> right. Where are you? So, yeah. yeah, where are you? Yeah. Um, so having somebody to be accountable with and that shows up, that's a huge deal for the people. The first step is always the commitment. And you can tell when somebody's made the commitment because they're like, I got to figure out how to do this versus whether I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. So, but that's not something you can really teach somebody they just have to make it or not. So be, after that, I'd say accountability, um, which is having somebody, lots of people I, I talk to and that I coach, they do co-writing, which and doesn't mean writing the same book. It means going into the same digital space mm -hmm. and setting a timer for 25 minutes, doing Pomodoro or whatever it is that they, they want to arrange to do. And then checking in for five minutes at the end and saying, how many words did you finish? How many did you get? That's a huge deal or if you um or if you just want to check in with somebody every day via text it doesn't have to be at the same time but we have a group um in my academy that and I didn't organize this it's just one of the other authors organized it and they're like we're doing an accountability call once a week for people and twice a week we're doing co-writing things and once a week they get together and they're like, what are you doing this week? And they keep each other accountable and they're all getting so much more done because they're doing it. So that's the, the finding time to write is a misnomer because it's not finding time to write, it's making time to write. <laughs> it's, once you decide to make time to write, you find wise, ways to make time. My sister, she had two kids and she would go to Ikea with her laptop <laughs> because Ikea has a play area for kids that you can use while they're shopping for an hour. And if you're a member with a family something, you get an hour and a half. <laughs> and so she would take her kids to Ikea, put them in the play where they have babysitters, and then she would get some coffee. And I guess if you're a member, you get free coffee. <laughs> mm -hmm. right. and, then, and she would bring her laptop and she'd just sit there and write mm -hmm. for an hour and a half. Like it's, so that's, that's that one. Mm -hmm. 
No, that's, I, I think, you know, with your work, I imagine it's, when I hear you say that, it's like, yeah, it's not about, it's really not about time. Like we actually have more time. I mean, they've done studies on this. We actually have more free time than we've ever had. And, but if we look at our social media use, our Netflix binging, our, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, if we cut out, you know, a few of those things, we have all these hours. So it's, it, it yeah, what's underneath that? Like, is it really about getting the words on the page or is it like maybe you said earlier, perfectionism or fear or you know, yeah. do, I, do I really want to do this? You know, that kind of thing. No, yeah. but I, I like the accountability. That, that's, that's huge. And that's, I think with writers, because we're so isolated and, you know, think it's just an individual sport. I think just having people in your corner, it just keeps you motivated and keeps you, you know, <laughs> keeps you going. And that, that's great. Um, how about just the fears of, or, you know, okay, I wrote this book. Now I got to, you know, be sleazy and, talk about mm-hmm. it and you know marketing those kinds of things like where would you tell someone to even begin if they're just maybe publishing their first book or okay you know, is, there, is there simple steps or yes simple steps my favorite steps? my favorite first steps <laughs> I tell everybody who's like I'm an introvert and I don't know how um is join a Facebook group in your genre so whatever your genre is go type into Facebook search and it has to be and make it for readers, not writers, because there's a lot of people like I'm in tons of Facebook groups. And I'm like, but is it for readers or writers? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because most of us are in Facebook groups for writers in our genre. So find some that are around readers and join them. My first step, my baby, baby, baby step is just hang out and watch people and see what they're talking about. Because those people that are in your genre hanging out in a Facebook group and chatting are your ideal reader. So if you want to know who the, who's reading books like yours, hang out. Mm-hmm. The second step is um, start commenting on things, start interacting with people. <laughs> like, because here's the thing, when you don't want to be salesy or sleazy, this is how I imagine it. I imagine that I'm standing at, at Barnes & Noble in the book aisle of my genre, because that's pretty much what a Facebook group is, only it's online. <laughs> so I'm in the aisle of my genre at Barnes & Noble, and somebody else walks up next to me, and they're also looking at the same books that I'm looking at. <laughs> okay? And we already know we have this in common that we love these same books, because we're both here. <laughs> so we already have kind of filtered out that, you know, just random strangers who we don't know anything about because we're both sitting here in the fantasy section looking at the same books. Um, And you wouldn't, if you were an author, you wouldn't just pick up your book and be like, Hey, buy my book to this person who's standing next to you. But you might strike up a conversation if you both reach for, you know, Sharon Shin or whatever book the book is, you know, you're like, Oh, Hey, I read that book too. Are you just starting the series? You would strike up a conversation just naturally. Now, if you're an introvert on social media or if you're nervous about doing that, my favorite thing is to have you go into that group that you've joined, you've lurked in for a little while, stalking like a like a creeper. <laughs> Just kidding. Everybody does it. Um, and then ask a question. And the question that I love to tell people to ask is, you know, help. I'm looking for recommendations. What is your favorite? And then blank whatever your genre is book and this is a great way and you can be more specific like if you have a dragon fantasy book what is your favorite dragon fantasy book I mean you don't have to be super duper specific because I know a lot of authors have a challenge around well my book's completely original and it's unlike any other book and it is unlike any other book but for marketing you can say dragon fantasy or whatever it is and you ask that question help I need recommendations what's your favorite book and you will not believe how many people reply to your question because everybody wants to be, especially readers, like to be the hero who tells you the book that you might not know about, <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> that we love. We're like, this is my favorite book. I have to tell you about it. You will get so much engagement. And then you just keep asking questions. Like you don't have to give of yourself to be interested in somebody else. And you're authors and you, so you, if you're writing fiction, then you're writing, then you are curious about other people naturally because you have to be in order to make characters. Mm-hmm. So you just ask questions and then at some point, if it makes sense to you, they're like, oh yeah, I love this, this book. Then you can say, well, you know, actually I'm writing a book too. And it's kind of like this, mm-hmm. you know, and they'll be like, what, really? Because mm-hmm. people love authors more than we think they do. 
<laughs> they're like, you're a writer? That's so cool. And then if you're like, hey, and then and they're like, well, when does it come out? And you say, well, the best way to find out when it's coming out is to sign up to my newsletter because that way I'll just send you an email when it comes out. And because they've interacted with you one-on-one and you weren't just somebody trying to pitch them, mm-hmm. you're actually somebody who's been curious about who they are <laughs> mm-hmm. and let them kind of be curious in you. And you're an author, so that's a big deal. It's like if, you know, I had somebody who Nora Roberts asked her to be on their arc team, on her arc team, and it's like, you know, it's a big deal. And you can be that person for someone else, Mm -hmm. listeners. (laughs) So, and that's, and I've had people in who, when I started, they're like, how do I do this? I don't, you know, marketing, I'm so scared. And now, like a couple weeks ago on a call, they were like, marketing is fun in a chat marketing is fun exclamation point and I was like oh look it look it because <laughs> once you start people start responding marketing is only not fun when nobody's responding right. <laughs> marketing is fun when people are like I love it <laughs> yep. anyways yes well and, and I think everything you're describing is is really just being a human and yes being you know trying to be normal it's, it's not you know well I'm gonna just kind of lurk around and then, and then I'm just going to, you know, start dropping my books all over the place. It's actually, yeah. Like you're saying in relationship, Oh, Hey, we like some of the same books or, Oh, Hey, I had a book recommendation. Oh, that's really great. I like this book, you know, and thanks for mm-hmm. sharing that. And then it's like, Hey, by the way, you know, and that's what you do with friends, right? As you get to know someone, it's like, Oh, I had no idea you're an author. Like, that's yes. awesome. Like, what do you write? You know? Um, you know, and they might give you an earful about, you know, why they don't like that genre or why they, you know, whatever, but that doesn't matter. Like that's, you know, I think what you just described probably just helped a million people that are listening to the show, all our 5 million listeners. And, uh, you know, just <laughs> the, to, to say that you don't have, you can just be, be, be who you are and yes. be what, do what's comfortable. And, you you know, um, especially online, it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're extrovert or introvert online. I mean, it's online. Like, it's, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and do it with, you know, patience and grace and, and just, yeah, hang around, listen, learn. I mean, that's, that's part of it, right? Yeah. Um, you did mention newsletter. I think, you know, that's, that's definitely a huge piece is yes. how can you have personal contact, especially those that are listening that are introverted, like newsletters are, how great is that? I mean, you can actually interact with your fans, you know, anytime, you know, in real time through their email and you don't have to meet them anywhere, and, you know, and, and it's a great way. I mean, people, it's, it's weird how, I know for me, like authors that I enjoy, it's like just getting to know them. It's amazing how um, you, you have like a different relationship. It's like, I love their books, but I also like got to know them a little bit, a little piece of who they are, a little bit of their family, a little bit of their, you know, whatever they're into. Um, it it kind of humanizes the marketing again. It's not yes. a weird relationship. Yeah. I have my sister. My sister was part of like a book club or a writing club or something. And I don't remember the author that it was, but this author traditionally published big, big name, but literature. And he, part of his launch plan was to go to different um, book clubs and say, Hey, if you do my book this month for your book club, I will do a two hour or one hour, some amount of Q and a via Skype or Google chat or whatever it is, zoom. <laughs> and so they did. And, and the reason I tell that one, it's a great way of marketing, especially if you're doing some kind of something that's harder to find your audience. But two, my sister buys all of his books now because <laughs> she loved his writing for one. She's like, he's the best writer, but she never would have even known that he was a writer if he hadn't had like, hadn't reached out to them personally. And then She's like friends with this guy in her mind because she's like, I know him. (laughs) We talk to each other for an hour, which if you think about it is a lot of time for someone that you don't know, like it's, and they had that one-on-one connection and you can create that relatively easily on the thing is that a lot of people are like, well, how are you going to do it? You know, invite people one person at a time. But if you meet one person a day for 30 days, that's 30 people. If you do it for three months, that's 90 people. And all of those 90 people are going to really be fans of yours because you interacted with them one-on-one. So they'll tell other people about your book if they like it because you're their friend now. Like it's, it's not as slow as it sounds, especially for people who want it to go really fast. (laughs) 
Well, and, and I think it's just, it's plain math. I mean, you think of those 30 people and then the people they know that, you know, they're yeah. telling people all of a sudden that network of people is like thousands. I mean, yes. right. I mean, it's, it doesn't mean they're all going to like, like your book or find you, but I mean, half of them, you know, even show interest. And all of a sudden, you know, we talk about the, you know, thousand true fans. It's like, yes, to have a you know successful career and, and you just need a thousand true fans that buy everything that you write and, and love you. And you don't need a million. You don't need, you know, especially in our digital age. I mean, that's the beauty of, you know, there was a time where, yeah, you couldn't make it if you, you know, only had a hundred fans, like you had to have a bestseller, but that, those days are gone. Like, you, you know, I find it fascinating, you know, with, with books now with indie publishing too, is when you talk to people, even like their favorite show on Netflix, I mean, how many times have you gone? I've never heard of that. Or, you know, I watched this weird show on cable and I'm like, what, what cable channel is that? Like, I mean, <laughs> there's so many like niche, niches of niches, right? There's, yes. But yet there's all these fans that love this kind of weird show and yet they're making a living and they're doing great. And it's like, I've never heard of it. So yeah, it gives, gives, I think authors hope to go, you don't have to reach everybody. You know, you, you're going to reach the people you're going to reach and that's fine. Um, and, uh, and I, and I think you, you can build that personal rapport as you're, you've talked about with newsletters and, you know, marketing that's not scammy and spammy. Um, well, Ella, this has been uh, just a, a great uh, conversation and you have helped so many writers. I think we went here and fro and everywhere else. And, uh, I could talk about this forever. Right. So. And, um, so could I. But for the second our listeners, we'll, we'll keep yes. we'll having you on again. Yes, thank we'll, you guys. Thank we'll you for a, your patience. We'll have a part two, of course. Um, and this happens to be our hundredth episode. So you're on, you're on a special episode. So, um, oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I was gonna do some, like give you something cool or do something, but I just I, I don't know, I'm okay. lazy, so I didn't. Um, That's a big deal. Yeah, um, yeah, so it's been fun. Uh, but before you go, what are you working on? What are you writing? Um, and where can people find you? The best place for people to find me is at authorlikeaboss.com, and I just celebrated my one year. <laughs> Of podcasting awesome. so if you guys want to check out the latest episode where i did a best of and i also have some kind of goodie bag because i'm like for because i was like a, a chance to win a author goodie bag because i was like hey it's been a year <laughs> this is really a lot of work but it's really fun and i love what i'm doing so let's celebrate so that's the best place author like a boss.com you can get to the podcast there find or reach out to me okay we're also i'm also on facebook at the yeah. same and then if people want like your services to help you with their book or whatever, just say, yeah, just go to the website. And- yeah. Go to everything on the website. Okay. Everything's at the website. You can get, I have a, my first book, start marketing your book, which isn't sexy. Nobody's like marketing your book. I realized I'm like, yes, it's the thing that you actually need to do, but it's not sexy. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like market your book in five in, in one month and make a million. It's right. not, it's like how to start marketing your book and it's the actual things that work, but not sexy, but you can get that at my website for free Great. if you sign up to the newsletter. So yeah, go, go check that out. So yeah. Um, Ella, thanks again. You helped a lot of people um, come on the show again and all the best and I'll talk to Thank you soon. Well, there you have it. Prolific writer nation, Ella Barnard, author, like a boss, check out her podcast check out her academy uh, and maybe you're stuck maybe you are looking to get that book finally written finally published and you need someone to hold your hand and what, what I love about Ella is she's uh, such a sweet person and has had some great success just holding people's hands telling them they can do it um, helping them get to that next level whatever that level is and, and it, it's a funny thing with writing because you know we can have the technical knowledge or the skills or you know, the, the desire, but sometimes there's just different things that kind of overwhelm us. And we just want to kind of have someone kind of walk with us and help us. And, and Ella can do that. And so go check out her website, go check out her, her resources and, uh, yeah, reach out to her. Uh, if you you're stuck and, and need some help, check out her books. Uh, she's written a book on marketing as well. You can get it for free on her website. So check that out as well. And Hey, uh, just before we take off a couple things that would really help out the show a lot. Uh, one, if you would like to uh, stay attuned, stay apprised, go subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever. Uh, just subscribe so whenever a new episode comes out, we always have usually about two a week uh, come out and uh, subscribe and you'll make, make sure you don't li- miss an, an episode. 
Um, and also, if you want to kind of go a little deeper with us, is if you check out the, the prolificwriter.net, our website, uh, you can get on the VIP list, and we'll make sure you stay tuned with all the latest articles, podcasts, resources, courses, you name it. Um, and I stay in touch with you through that. Uh, it's a fun community to be part of. Uh, so check that out. And also, if you'd like to support the show in another way, is we're part of a larger family of podcasts on the Project Entertainment Network. And uh, there's about 20 shows on the network, and uh, you can sh- support us through Patreon. And so I think for a dollar a month, uh, you can uh, get some cool swag and some cool stories and other neat stuff. And uh, so go check out the Patreon page. I'll put that all in the show notes. And then lastly, if you've enjoyed the show and or would like to leave an honest rating or review, please do that on iTunes. Uh, it really helps us get the, the show out into the world. And uh, like I said, I, I feel like we're just getting started. Episode number 100. If you hadn't had a chance, go back to the archives. Check out all the op- episodes. They're all free. Uh, check out some of the Motivation Mondays, and hopefully you'll enjoy those wherever you are in your writing journey. Or if you just want to get to know some new authors and find some cool books, that's why we do this too. Uh, so hopefully you'll be able to enjoy that as well. And hey, this is Ryan J. Pelton from The Prolific Writer. So glad you stopped by today. And before we go, I just have one more thing to say is get those words on the page. And I'll talk to you real, real soon. Every person's story has something to teach us. How others view life, how obstacles are overcome, how joy is felt how fears are faced, how love is expressed. The Matters of Faith podcast explores individual stories of people's lives and how faith plays a part. It may not be your story, but it may help shape yours. The Matters of Faith podcast with Jay Wilburn is on Project Entertainment Network. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Project Entertainment Network. 